Thank you, Bill. Cartwheels notwithstanding, I am not the young athlete I used to be. A week, a week ago on the ski trip, I found out just how not so young I really was. <laughs> I'm watching these eight-year-old kids going down the blue slopes on a snowboard, looking all bored and like they have no idea how to make this any fun. Let me explain it to you. Start by weighing 205 pounds. That makes it a lot of fun off the bat. <laughs> then start by being over 40. That makes it even more fun. Because the thing about a snowboard is it's like jumping onto a moving vehicle and then negotiating with the engine. Where are my fellow snowboarders? Am I wrong? Okay. <laughs> Oh, we had fun that first day. I don't think we'll ever forget it, no matter how hard we try. Are you guys still sore? Me, me, me too. We, we didn't break anything. Praise the Lord. We didn't have any broken bones. We only had one person get a little bit sick. We didn't lose anything, and we didn't have any bad sunburns. So win-win for the youth group trip. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I felt old. <laughs> I felt really old, although by the end of the second day, I got to where I could go down the bunny slope without falling down. <laughs> I could fall down when I chose to instead of when I was forced to. <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard it said that growing old is not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of truth to that. Aging is the subject of my sermon today. I'm going to read you some sayings that you're probably pretty familiar with, and I want you to see the contrast between some of them. Having another birthday beats the alternative. Age before beauty. Because you absolutely cannot have the two at the same time, I suppose. Only the good die young. The good old days. Malachi 4.6, and he, Elijah the prophet, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. 1 John 2.12-14, I am writing, I have written, to you little children, to you fathers, and to you young men. Revelation 21.5, behold, I am making everything new. Driven by the fear of death and of what to expect afterwards, our world has become afraid of any reminder of mortality. Our world is afraid of aging. It focuses only on what we lose, what we fear, and on what is temporary, rather than focusing on what we gain, what we should eagerly anticipate, and what is eternal. We are called to think differently than our world in this way, as in other ways. We are not to fear aging or to focus on the negative aspects of it or how much more we enjoyed the good old days. We are to focus ahead on what we will enjoy with one another beyond aging and time on the great day, the only day that we will really pay much attention to after all. 
we will all go through some of the same trials in this life, and aging is one of them. Can't really get away from it. Growing from young to mature is part of God's plan for all things. Aging from strong to weak is a consequence of sin. Growth involves gain. Aging involves loss, physically and mentally. Death came with sin. So aging and entropy and all the falling apart that this world does are connected to our sin way back in Eden. Now that means our pre-fall state was not meant to die or fall apart. We were designed to grow from infancy into a maturity, but not towards death. We were designed to age into adulthood, but not to endure the awkwardness, pain, and loss of being old without being strong and healthy. That wasn't God's plan. So all that we suffer from aging is part of life on this world. And while we must accept it as a natural consequence, we can embrace the hope of new life without aging when Christ returns. We need not accept aging as our last state or a state we ever have to endure again. One and done, people. Hallelujah, yes? Aging is hard to explain scientifically. We see it happen in every creature at different rates. We see it happen at the cellular, cellular level, where the biological machinery just stops working right. It wears out, and so do the processes that renew it and replace it. But why it happens? Science can't explain that. Nor can science provide any escape or even dependable delays. Consider all the false hopes provided by real and fictitious science. Cryogenics, human growth hormones, superfoods, plastic surgery, special lifestyles, locations, exercises, or medicines. Only the scriptures have a meaningful answer and any meaningful hope beyond aging. False religions don't address it. The world tries to deny it and ignore it and avoid its effects as much as possible. But denial, ignorance, and hiding from the truth are not God's way. God does not intend for us to go to ridiculous lengths in our attempts to avoid the consequences of sin. He intends for each of us to come face to face with our sin's effects when we look in the mirror. We must face our sin or we can never be saved from it. God's mercy is once again shown to be intertwined with our suffering. For as we accept aging, we find God providing for our needs and leading us to greater and stronger things spiritually and relationally. I have found that one of the great principles of life is that what we often see as a loss to our flesh and our sinful nature is intended to be a gain by the one who works all things for our good. This applies to both those of us who are younger and those of us who are older. It's funny how both groups envy each other, isn't it? Remember when you wanted to have more dessert than your parents allowed? Remember when you weighed less? 
could bend into any shape and could run as long as you wanted? What about staying up late? Please, five more minutes. Now what do we want? Please let me go to sleep. <laughs> Please just give me time for a nap. Five more minutes. We long for what we used to have. We want so badly to grow up fast because we see the independence and the power, not realizing the sacrifices and the burden of responsibility that can wear us out if we try to grow up too fast. And there is great independence and power in youth, as well as the burden of uncertain destiny, unknown relationships, and untested strength. Confusion, heavy burdens, fears, regrets, loss of freedom, and envy of others can happen at any and every age. So let's remember the idea presented in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, that of one body needing all its parts, every part having value and no part independent of the others. In 1 John 2, 12 to 14, when John writes to three different age brackets, each with a different perspective and a different set of strengths that can help the whole body. One of the things we lose by aging is a measure of physical independence. We need help to see, help to hear, help to remember, help to remember, help to walk, help to sleep, help to eat, help to drive, etc. But as we accept our need for help, we gain humility, gratitude, and appreciation for the faithfulness of God and those he sends to help us. Think of someone you know that you want helping you through your aging. If they're already doing it, be grateful. Think of how your need in your aging can provide an opportunity for others to give back. For our relationships to gain depth and richness and our gratitude to be a blessing to another. We get to bless those who bless us. That's God's way. Remember he stated to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. Through you all nations shall be blessed. And to all you younger ones who can do cartwheels and touch your toes, to whom much is given, much is required. <laughs> Would you rather be strong and expected to carry heavy burdens or weak and expected to carry light ones? Think about that for just a minute. I think God intends for us to experience both in our lives so that we can appreciate others as they experience both. We're in this together, aren't we? Something we gain from age is the wisdom of experience, the respect of having endured hard things, snowboarding, and the reputation of our character, hard won in, in many battles. Have we forgotten the insecurity of youth the uncertainty, the frustration at the lack of wisdom and experience to help guide our expectations. Age is something to be thankful for in this regard. We all have battles ahead, but some of us have a lifetime of battles already fought, lessons already learned, and experience that others envy. 
Let's count our blessings as we, as we count the candles on our cake. Aren't there some things we're so glad we don't have to go through again? Learning how to read, how to speak, potty training, puberty, driving lessons, searching for a spouse, childbirth. Shall I go on? Can we give... Can we give thanks for all the unpleasant aspects of these things that some of us will never have to repeat? God is merciful in putting limits on our suffering, though we often take those limits for granted. As for you younger ones, aren't there some things you're glad no one expects you to do yet? Driving for hours at a time, paying the bills, calling the insurance companies, negotiating with the salesperson, talking to the officer, carrying all the equipment, filling out the forms, paying the taxes, fixing the you name it, voting, keeping up with birthdays, anniversaries, and prayer requests for all the family. You see, no matter your age, you have reasons to be thankful. Thankful for what you've already been through. Thankful for what you haven't had to go through. No one gets to have all the benefits and none of the costs, no matter what age you are. So let's hear from each other about what is best and worst about every age bracket in our congregation. Age zero to nine, best and worst. Best, others figure things out and give me direction. Worst, everyone telling me what to do. You see, sometimes we want people to tell us what, and sometimes we don't. Of course, we don't tell them which time it is. Ages 10 to 19, best. Trying out new things, seeing what I can do, a strong body to help people with, privileges and responsibilities greater than childhood. The worst, everyday temptations. The temptation to procrastinate because you have your whole life ahead of you, don't you? And the consequences, of course, are also greater than childhood. Two-edged sword, isn't it? Age 20 to 29, best and worst. Best, driving myself places. Being included in adult conversation. Worst making your own decisions while trying to learn all you can about how in the heck the world works. Takes some time to figure that out, doesn't it? Has anyone figured that out? Anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> this one I just love. <laughs> Age 30 to 39. Best. Physically, I'm at my peak. Worst. This feels like a low peak. <laughs> and it will only get worse from here. There are people who would love to be on that low peak with you. <laughs> Ages 40 to 49. The best. Experience increasing. Strength remaining. Having such wonderful teens to parent. Confidence and competence. The wisdom acquired through the years. The wisdom and settledness that has come from my walk with God and life experience. 
the worst, overwhelmed by responsibility for those older and those younger. Leisure is hard to find. Feeling like I ought to know things and have it together, and I don't. There's always something hurting, and I'm sick of it. My body thinks it's old. My kids think my age is old. My body not doing the things it could before and losing people who are older than me. Ages 60 to 69, the best, this is kind of long, I got a lot of responses for this age bracket. The best, perspective. Seeing God's handiwork in people's lives. Knowing that nothing is impossible with God draws me to pray more and seek others to pray with. Then the corresponding joy of thanking God for changing people and circumstances. Good health, more time to do what I want and to serve. Being a grandma and no longer responsible for children. More opportunity to serve the Lord in new ways. Knowing I'm getting closer to seeing the Lord face to face. Having my mind conformed more and more to the word of God. Long-standing, precious relationships. I've lived a long time and had a chance to learn a lot. <laughs> People tend to believe what I say, even though they may not agree with me. Knowing the Lord and my husband long enough to enjoy and rely on both more than in younger years. Grandkids and a long and happy marriage. Wisdom, life experience, been around the block a few times, closer to retirement the worst. Discerning where God wants me to invest my time, energy, and resources. See, it's not just the young people problem, is it? All of us have questions. The natural aging process of the body. Unfulfilled dreams and health issues. You have less and less time to put things into practice as you learn them. You finally get things going the way you wanted, but now it's 40 years later and you don't have the energy to do it the way you wanted 40 years ago. <laughs> Amen. Wrinkles. Nagging old man ailments, aches and pains. I don't know how long I have left to enjoy what I love. Aches and pains. Again. Ages 70 to 79. The best, good memories, lots of family to enjoy. I'm retired. I do not have to make late-night vehicle repairs just to get to work the next day. Looking back over the years, seeing how the Lord helped me, protected me, and guided me long before I even knew him. Growing closer to Jesus, friends and memories. The worst, watching others waste time. My list of losses keeps getting longer. Physical pain and going to funerals. Lack of mobility. Slowing down and acting my age. 80 to 89. The best. I get ice cream once a week. There's a thankful perspective. All is good as long as I can put one foot in front of the other. Okay. 
the worst. I can't run fast enough to catch the girls. I want to say thanks to all those who participated in the service. It was a lot of uh, insightful fun to read. And I think we all can learn some things from each other from this. Sometimes you need to, to hear from people who have progressed a little further down the road than you have. Everybody has questions, don't they? There's not one person in this room who goes, I got it figured out. Right? And with like like Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. If you've got physical strength, you're expected to use it. And if you don't, sometimes people make accommodations for you. Sometimes it's kind of nice not to be expected to do everything. Sometimes it's good to have extra time, and sometimes it's frustrating to have extra time or to watch other people who have it and don't use it. And, of course, we all like the times where we get told what to do and don't have to think it through, but then we don't like the times where there's no one to tell us what to do when we need to know. So there's some things, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're still going to have to struggle with. But there are also benefits to every age. Because every one of you who participated and all of, uh, all of you here could put something down for best, couldn't you? Aren't we all actually glad to be where we are? Would you really rather trade places with someone else? Nah, me neither. Rich and poor both have problems. Republicans, Democrats, and independents all have things about our country they're proud of and things they want to change. Male and female both have unique perspectives that are often very hard for the other one to relate to and unique qualities that attract and distract the other. It sure looks to me like God equips each person in their special position for doing his will in a special way and that being older or younger is one stage of many, each with God's own blessings and measured challenges. I see four principles to guide us about how to see ourselves at every age. First principle, every life has value. At any age, born or unborn, physically whole or missing parts, mentally with it or struggling to keep up, God says we have value to him. So we should treat everyone as valuable to him. God has plans for each life, plans for the good of those around them no matter how difficult it may look to us. Every life has value. Second principle, every life is expected to grow and mature. This includes accepting increasing amounts of responsibility because that's what brings maturity. Age itself does not. We all know people who are mature at a young age and people who have failed to mature no matter how many decades of life they have. Maturity comes with the acceptance of responsibility. We are called to learn continually, to increase in knowledge, goodness, self-control, etc., as stated in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Add to your faith knowledge, to knowledge, goodness, and so on. There's more to know. There's more ways to love, more ways to show God's character in all its beautiful facets. If we abide in him, we will bear fruit. 
We will grow in strength and beauty as we grow in character. It's just a difficult task, but it's the only way to life. Every life has value. Every life is expected to grow and mature. Third, our community is to respect and honor the elderly for their character and care for the young to help them gain character. We should all be making a big deal about those with the most godly character so that the young and impressionable will latch on to that ideal and begin to reach for it. And so that we will all be encouraged in our own journey toward increasing godly character. Before honor comes humility. And that includes honoring others. We are to make a concerted effort in showing honor. Every life has value. Every life is to grow and mature. And communities are to respect for and care for all as we honor character at every age. Fourth principle. We are to trust in God for the right time to die. The right time to sacrifice. The right time to strive against things. And the right time to accept them. God's the author of life. We are servants. It is not for us, as David knew, to take lives when it's, when it's convenient for us, but only when God directs. It's not for us to order the day of our own death or to give up on the lives of others. God's authority is greater than ours. It is on him to take us when he will. If we seek him, he will make it clear whether to strive for change or to let things be. He calls us to both on occasion. So every life has value. Every life is to grow and mature. We're to respect, care for, and honor every life. And we're to submit to God as the Lord of life, death, and perfect time. Now contrast these principles with the values of the world in which we live and operate. In the media world of this country, the young are shown to distrust and disrespect the old, to see them as out of touch, incompetent, and totally uncool. The reason the young can't have fun. The old are shown to distrust or ignore the young, to see them as ignorant, lazy, and entitled. The reason the elderly don't feel confident. Antagonism, antagonism is the rule rather than appreciation or cooperation. Money spent rather than time is the measurement of care. Responsibilities are to be avoided. Sacrifices are to be minimized. Understanding is hopeless, so engagement is pointless. Personal convenience is worshipped above the value of life or the quality of life for others. What a messed up way to see things. We need each other. The old need the young for help and to keep believing. The young need the old for guidance and maintaining perspective. Whether we need encouragement to believe in ourselves or encouragement to believe in others or in God's goodness, we need that unique perspective that rests with that person next to us. You can't do it alone and neither can they. So reach out, open up, ask for a story, ask for help, offer help. They will know we are Christians by our love for one another as well as our love for the world. So before I end, I'm going to pray first for the old, second for the young, and third for all those who struggle 
with Adrian. Join me in prayer. Lord, we see the young growing up in an increasingly confusing and fractured world. We pray that they would turn to you with their questions, turn to you with their struggles. They would find in you a reassurance that you have a plan for them and that you are at work carrying it out.